is the Dynasty Strategy Hub Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ferraro, here with my co-host, Dave Sanders. Our goal in this podcast is to focus on the strategy aspects of Dynasty football. We want to provide a great resource of easy-to-digest pods with some great people from the fantasy industry. Dave, why don't you introduce our guest this week? We are thrilled to welcome on Ryan McDowell as our first guest. Uh, many of you probably already follow him, but if you don't, RyanMC23 on Twitter. He's a senior staff writer at DLF, focusing mostly on player value, and he captures the ADP data. I'm sure you've seen his monthly mock drafts. Uh, you've probably been a part of a couple of them. He commissions the hyperactive and kitchen sink Dynasty Leagues. He's the co-host of the Dynasty Blueprint podcast with Matt Williamson, and he's the co-founder of the Dynasty Command Center, which gives Dynasty players access to some of the best minds in the industry. Brian, so glad to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to, to join you for your first, first episode and uh, even more excited just for a new a new Dynasty podcast in the community. Uh, there, there's a lot of them out there. I love that you guys are going to focus on strategy. I, I think that's it's a tough topic to cover. Uh, but I think it's an important one and, and one that doesn't doesn't actually get enough enough coverage, enough discussion, even though it is so important. Um, we're going to kind of just jump straight in. So how surprised are you with how popular Dynasty formats become? Um, I've kind of got, I guess I kind of have a, you know, maybe a slanted view of that or, or something. I don't know. But t- to me, I'm not really surprised because I, I think so many people play play redraft and just love the idea of fantasy football that when December comes around and, and the season's over, I think there's a lot of disappointment. And that's always kind of the barometer that, that I, when I talk to people who don't play dynasty, that's really what I ask them. You know, when, when the playoffs are over, are you, are you happy about that and you're ready to move on? Or are you disappointed? You wish there were, there was more, and and if that's the way they feel, then dynasty is definitely for them. I think uh, the growing popularity of the NFL draft and and free agency things like that have become major events, and football fans are paying attention to those things anyway, and fantasy players are paying attention to those things anyway. So it's it's just kind of a natural uh, next step that that dynasty would continue to grow. I'd have to agree a hundred percent. It's one of those things where you go have a killer draft and wonder, you know, how good's that team going to be next season? What do you think's aiding growth the most? Is it just a natural evolution from redraft and wanting to keep the same group together, or is it something else? Um, I don't know. I think that's that's part of it too. Um, like you said, you you have that great draft and and everything just works perfectly that year, and it's tough to give those teams up sometimes. So so that's another piece of it. I think players feel like fantasy players feel like. They're putting the work in, uh, and then, you know, just a, a couple months later, it's all over. So if you're going to put that work in in the summer or, uh, you know, following training camp, following the NFL draft, whatever, like I said earlier, then then it just makes sense to kind of be rewarded for that that work longer than just one regular season or one fantasy season. Yeah, I remember when the fantasy magazines used to come out and it was such a big deal to get your eyes on the sleepers and everything. But now there's so much information out there, um, so many podcasts, so much on Twitter, so many articles. Um, I know you recently posted on Twitter that if you could only use one of those, use Twitter, articles, or podcasts, which would you use? I think Twitter won there pretty pretty handedly. I know for me it's podcasts. I know when I'm traveling, um, at the gym, you know, working, whatever, it really helps me to kind of get that information as I'm doing other things, but I never got your answer on it. So which to you is the most important? Yeah, for me, it's Twitter. Um, it, Twitter has just been a, a little game changer 
not only for me as a fantasy player, but kind of my uh, my entry into into the the business, I guess, as a as a fantasy writer and analyst. Um, when I started playing fantasy and dynasty uh, in the early two thousands, I always found myself to be pretty much the most active player in in the league, and uh, I was the one who you know, was sending the trade offers and was kind of keeping conversation going, even in those slower periods. Uh, I was really active on the football guys message board on the forums over there and uh, kind of same thing found, found myself to be uh, one of the more, uh, more active guys in, in that, uh, in that community. And then once I found Twitter, it, it really just blew up because I found a hundred other people like me um, and, and that view just just expanded opportunities opportunities uh, arose there and got the chance to start writing for DLF and and that's when things uh, of course really blew up for me but uh, just the the conversation uh, obviously a, a resource like Twitter and in that social media everything is is immediate um, including the news and the the opinions on the news and and everything so. Uh, and just the access to people. I mean, you know, being, being, uh, I guess, Twitter friends with guys like Matthew Berry and, and Field Yates and, and Matt Williamson. I mean, these are, these are guys that I've watched on TV or I've read their articles and, and to be able to send them a quick DM if I, if I need to, or if I have a question and, you know, that's not to even mention uh, so many other, um, so many other great minds that, uh, even even if they don't have that big name or a hundred thousand followers, it's it's just so much, uh, so much content, so much strategy out there, and, and so many different points of view. I think it's it it can't be beat. Yeah, the access is really cool, and I really liked how you've promoted others in the industry. So, like for example, tonight you're coming on with a brand new podcast, um, and you do those lists of you know the best superflex folks, the best people for Devi for NFL draft. So I think it's really cool how the community almost takes care of their own. One of the strategy aspects I wanted to jump into was productive struggles. That's something that I know you coined years ago, um, which really focuses on building around youth, maybe sacrificing those first few years to build a young core that can hopefully win for a long time. I guess applying that to today, if you're doing a new startup dynasty draft, is there an age threshold that you might avoid with, say, your first two or three picks? For me, I know it's receivers that are maybe 28 and older. I probably want to avoid those considering I may only have a few years of productivity. Yeah, I don't know for me. I'm not sure if there's one specific age threshold. Uh, certainly when when a running back or, or a receiver really is getting to that um, age 27, 28 range, probably not a player I'm going to invest in as, as a cornerstone pick uh, in the first three or four, three or four picks. And, and really with that strategy, probably not at all, honestly, but for me with the productive struggle, it's, it's really just about finding assets that are still, still gaining and still climbing, still gaining value, not a, not a declining asset uh, that that's going to be, uh, you know, worth much less in, in just a few months or even the next year. So, uh, and, and that's why I think it's, I think it's easier to find those, uh, find those type of assets at the receiver position than it is running back. We see such a short shelf life for running backs in general. So investing early picks in them, regardless of their age, uh, can, can definitely be tricky. 
I can't can't agree more. I, it's one of those I, I enjoy the productive struggle. I think it makes me a better player by really kind of having to hone in on my skills and make sure you get those right set of players and not being afraid to trade them. Um, or, you know, that's one of the things that tends to get everybody's roster cloggers. Yep. You get those guys that have those upsides that you, you – uh, it's it's this year, it's going to be their year, or it's, and they're, if they just get that one opportunity, it's going to be – I mean, I've held on to TJ Yeldon way too long. Um, I will freely admit it. He's been one of those guys. It's one more time. He's got – he's an easy opportunity. You know, Fortnite's going to get hurt now. He's in Buffalo. Now they're talking about he's a roster bubble guy. So it is what it is. Um, you know, we all kind of get on to him. Um, is there any outlier examples where you jumped off a guy too quick and had a late breakout that really came came back to bite you? Um, I think there's probably a lot of them. And really, to me, that comes down to roster management, looking at the guys who are at the end of your roster. And I think for me – Sometimes it's it's kind of going the other way. Held on to Buster Clogger because he had name value, and I've I've gotten rid of guys who had the upside that were maybe a little bit more unknown. I remember uh, a few years ago, I I grabbed Tyreek Hill off the waiver wire prior to his rookie season, and uh, of course that uh, he was he was a late draft pick, and we all knew about the off field stuff at that point, and and he didn't you know he. None of us, I, I don't think, projected him to to perform like he has the past two or three years. Um, and before the regular season even began, I, I dumped him. And I, I can't remember the players that I specifically kept, and I, I probably wouldn't even want to. It probably was guys like TJ Yeldon, honestly. Um, so I, I think that's where it can bite you, hanging on to those roster cloggers because they have, they have that name value or you're afraid – you know, if you drop them, somebody else might pick them up. I think that's that's a common mistake new dynasty players make is is worry too much about other owners, whether it's losing a trade, whether it's uh, like like I mentioned, I, I drop a player and you pick him up. To me, if if I make the decision to drop a player, I'm um, I'm basically saying I don't think he has any value. If I thought he did have value, I would uh, I would make the effort to trade him. But if I'm dropping a player, I don't think he's worthy of a roster spot. So if if you in turn pick him up, to me, that's that should be a win for me because now you're using a spot on a player I've decided is worthless. While we're talking about player value, the ADP that you do for DLF is really valuable. But I think some dynasty players, especially the newer ones, may be using it incorrectly. You talk a lot about why it's not a great trade tool. Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, I think – um, I think a lot of times dynasty players do try to use it as a trade tool because uh, it, it is, it, it's updated routinely. And, you know, obviously it's, it's just in black and white there, the numbers and, and being these players being assigned a value. I, d- I just don't think, I mean, to me, ADP, and, and of course we're, we're gathering that ADP from our, our startup drafts and startup mock drafts. So that's really what it's intended to, to be used for is, when you're in a startup draft, uh, that's that's the time that ADP is going to be most useful. As far as trying to use it as a trade tool, I think sometimes uh, fantasy players look at that, and if one player is, you know, 18 overall, and another guy is 30 overall, uh, automatically that that makes them think that you know that means something that that the one player has more value than the other, and you know trades. Trades are just so team specific, league specific. 
that you can't really rely on on a tool like ADP. I think you know more and more trade calculators and trade analyzers are becoming popular. Uh, at DLF, we just released our trade analyzer, which we're we're very proud of. It includes ADP or it factors in ADP, it factors in our player rankings at DLF. And it also, I think what sets it apart is it factors in actual trades that are taking place in real dynasty leagues. Um, so I, I think it's the best one out there. There's, there's other, uh, other ones that have been around for a while with a, a longer history that uh, certainly respect those as well. But when those things are available, I, I don't think you have to use ADP as a trade tool. I couldn't agree more. You know, I've, I've been guilty myself of looking at ADP before making trades. Uh, I think it's a natural thing to do. You just kind of want to see where values is. But, you know, as you said, Ryan, it's, it's 100% team-specific, league-specific, so it's not it's probably the best tool to work through. Uh, you know, when it comes to making a dynasty trade, you got to have your conviction. you got to take your shot. Um, it might help me a, bit, a little bit more than, you know, I'm giving up, but it's worth taking a shot. Uh, got to have some stones and go for it. Now, you've been known as one of the founders of the Devi format, which allows fantasy teams to draft and own college players on the roster. What about that style of fantasy piqued your interest in the first place? Yeah, that's that's a great format. I don't I don't know if I can take credit as as uh, as one of the founders. Scott Fish, I think, is as far as I know, the first person to implement uh, Devi into a dynasty league, and and that was. Uh, he was doing that before I was even playing fantasy football at all. So uh, props to him. Sure, the uh, Devi League I was um, with a former writer at DLS, Steve Wierimski. I joined uh, one of his leagues, and and it was it had the, the Devi component. It was only one player per team. Uh, I remember my first, and this will this will kind of age me a little bit or, or show my age, but uh, the first. Devi draft that I took part in, um, I had the I had the first overall pick, and at that point it was a pretty easy pick. I took Adrian Peterson, uh, running back from Oklahoma at that time. So obviously we're talking uh, we're talking several years ago, but I remember just being so intimidated by the format because I wasn't a huge college football fan. I didn't, um, you know, like a lot of people, I I might watch the big game of the weekend or, or something like that, but I uh, certainly didn't, didn't follow the sport uh, as closely as I do now. And then um, over the years, just kind of that dipping my toe in the water a little bit in that league with, with one player per team each year uh, was, was a good way to get started. I know a lot of times people that I, I invite into the kitchen sink leagues, which is now a little bit deeper Devi format, they let me know that they're intimidated too. Maybe they, that they don't watch college football or, or whatever it might be. And uh, I think starting with just one player or just, just the, the more shallow Devi format is, is a great way to, to see if it's for you. But for me, it just kind of opens up things. Uh, it's a, you know, obviously a new player pool to, to follow it when I'm thinking about the leagues that I commission, it uh, obviously adds even more players that you can trade more assets, uh, things like that. So yeah, to me, it's just another, uh, another fun aspect of dynasty. Dave and I are on our kitchen sink together and it's my first dip in my toes and in the Debbie, I've, like I said, it's an intimidating thing to add a whole new set of players, a whole new set of, you know, assets trying to, well, this guy's really, you know, college freshman or he's, you know, where he's at. And it's, 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 it's different. Yeah. My favorite two days of the calendar year are the NFL draft and the NBA draft. 
So anything where I can start lending kind of what I would like to consider my scouting mind, that's a very, you know, rookie level, um, you know, taking that, the scouting reports that you get from all the best in the industry and kind of putting your stamp on it and like following whatever kind of player profiles you like, uh, kind of like you mentioned, Drew, do you want to go with the high upside five-star freshman? Do you want to go with the closer to, you know, the NFL draft receiver possibly? Um, so a lot of different ways you can go there. I want to close with rapid fire that we're going to ask each of our guests. So if we jump 10 years down the road, is there one change or new feature that you expect to become the norm in fantasy? Well, this has been discussed a lot. I certainly hope by that time it's it's super flex or a two quarterback format. Uh, I think that's that's kind of the easy answer, and, and I, I also hope it it happens sooner than uh, ten years from now. But I would love for it to be Devi. Uh, I would love for that to be to be more accepted, and you know, just just to, for for more people to try that. If you had a, to choose between one of the two favorite draft format, would it be draft or auction? Oh, it's it's easily auction. Um, not not even close. Honestly, I, I I've joined a couple leagues that had the draft format um, for different reasons. Maybe I I wanted to play with, you know, play against a certain person, or it had a uh, a unique rule twist or something like that. But uh, in general, I, I probably won't join any more leagues that aren't auction. Yeah, I love your spin on rookie auctions too. Um, we've stolen that for some of our baseball and basketball dynasty leagues. And it kind of gives a new flavor there where folks are completely, you know, novice to that idea. Um, but it does give some more strategy, especially in a format like maybe say basketball, where you've got the 1.01 matters, maybe even so much more than football. Yeah, that was, I, I started this league called Dirty Dozen Dynasty, gosh, probably 10 years ago now. And uh, at at that point, I uh, I don't think I'd done auction leagues at all, and, and I knew I wanted to try it. And to me, it just made sense that if you're in an auction league, you're doing an auction startup, that that the following years would be a rookie a rookie auction or a free agent auction or whatever you know might fit in your league. And every league I could find as I was trying to either find the league or going to start my own. Every league started with an auction, but then the, the subsequent years they had rookie drafts and it just didn't make sense to me. So, so yeah, I kind of came up with a, a format to do a rookie auction, a tiered, uh, a tiered dollar system based on the order of finish, just like you would do a rookie draft. Um, looking here, so best ball is a popular format. It's not for everybody. If you had to pick, if you play it sometimes, always, or never, what would your choice be? Uh, I would say reluctantly sometimes I'm in a, I'm in a couple of uh, best ball leagues. I think uh, in, in those specific formats, they work, but I generally don't do, uh, I don't do any of like the MFL tens or any of those things I, I did a few years ago and just, just wasn't for me. I just found myself not even honestly, not even looking at it, which I guess is in some ways that's one of the perks, but yeah, I, I've, I've got a couple, but Closer to never than always, for sure. I'd, I'd have to agree. I'm, I'm on the same set of the spectrum. It's cool. I, I did a draft in you know June that I won't touch the team ever again. So it's it kind of I lose interest in it quick. Worst trade you've ever made? Oh, there's a bunch. <laughs> there's a bunch to choose from. I, I guess the one that probably still stings the most is in one of the kitchen sink leagues, uh, and I, I just gave up on Devonte Adams too soon. So traded traded away Devonte Adams. I think I got. You guys are familiar with with that format. I think I got some 
some rookie money or, or something, but it wasn't, it wasn't even very much. So that one hurts for sure. I think, I think Rich Rebar got the best of me on that one. Ouch. Um, that one, that one stings me. Uh, it's not even my trade. So, um, you know, I've, I've got a couple bad ones. I think everybody does. Um, one that I probably never wanted to actually say on air, but I probably will. Uh, actually, it's a baseball trade I made with Dave, so it makes it even worse. Uh, I ended up trading uh, Gilbert Torres, uh, the Yankees. Uh, at that point, he was a, still a prospect, but still quite a good one uh, for Lucas Duda. Uh, God, that one, that one, that one hurts still now, uh, especially since I had to see Dave roll him out every every week in the lineup. Um, Ryan, if you had one tip for new players, uh, what would it be? Oh, for me, it all, it all comes down to value, understanding value. Uh, whether that's the ADP like we talked about or um, studying studying trades that, that have taken place, you have to understand that player value. And, and for the most part, it's it's kind of standard from league to league. But uh, if you play in a, in a league with a unique format, whether it's super flex or tight end premium or, or point per carry, if it's an auction league or, or Devi league, whatever it might be, uh, just having a good grasp on that player value so you don't make those bad trades like like we've done. Awesome. So we'll close out with two kind of off-topic questions. Um, drink of choice, beer, wine, anything else? Yeah, neither one for me. I'm more of a cherry Coke guy. My <laughs> man, what I'm talking about. <laughs> it, yeah, that, 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 is, that is my personal one. I'm actually in a, a Diet Coke strawberry bottle right now. Um, so plug for that because it's quite good. Nice. Um, last question. This is serious, important. Cake? Or pie? Mm. I want to say both, uh, but <laughs> I'll, uh, if, I, if I have to pick, I'll go with cake, chocolate cake, white icing. Okay, okay. I, I respect that. I respect <laughs> that. Brian, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Everyone, please check out the latest episode of the Dynasty Blueprint podcast. Matt, Aton, Mosia of Fantrax, and Ryan discussed startup strategies. Also completed a five-round mock draft, which is really interesting. Uh, Ryan, what else should our listeners check out? You can just find my work at, at Dynasty League Football. I'm uh, doing some work for Roto World this, uh, this offseason as well. Very good. Well, thanks again. Yep, yeah, thanks for having thank me. You, no. you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Strategy Hub Pod. You can find me at Drew Ferraro 88. You can find Dave over at D Sanders 877 on Twitter. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Game over.